we live in a society where information is readily available, literally at our fingertips in the box we call phones. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I binge or I overindulge or I want the answer now. And that's not what 2020 is about. 2020 is getting comfortable with being uncertain and finding what's true to you in the moment so you can create foundations that allow you solid ground. You, no one else is going to do it for you. And that news or that Instagram sure isn't either. And I felt I've really evolved while honoring those bigger emotions like anger and fear, while also celebrating the space where I do pause or allow it to be hard or some days easy when it's not for other people. And so it's really been this space of looking at how we want to be living day to day, how we want to be raising our children. And because I haven't really traveled, which is new for me, Lance, what do I want from my community? I've never really asked that. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Hope you guys are doing well today. Just had such an awesome conversation. It was so much fun. My next guest name is Jackie Carr. A little bit about her. She's a goal coach, motivational speaker, and a mother of daughters. As a leader in transformation, she works with entrepreneurial women to amplify their voices and expand their vision and goals to better the future of the world. She's originally from Houston, Texas, went to Indiana University for school and lived in all the big cities as we discussed in this episode, such as LA, Chicago, and Denver. And now she resides in a small mountain town in the trees of Evergreen, Colorado. She's often found hiking in her backyard or picking up trash on her block as she explores her relationship and reverence to earth. We had such an awesome conversation and we touched on a lot of things. We talked about traveling, we talked about you know, the last six months, COVID and, and, you know, having to adapt. We talked about goal setting. We talked about so many different things and you guys are going to love it because if you're thinking about or confused about how to set goals, how they work, why you should do them, this episode's for you, especially entrepreneurs out there. And there's certain things we discussed that we haven't talked about before. So you want to listen to this right till the end and you guys, trust me, you'll get lots of value out of this. Also, just to remind you guys, we are now, um, University of Adversity is now on YouTube. So we're going to have the link. I was told by a friend of mine that when we search University of Adversity on on, uh, YouTube, that there's some other University of Adversity content on there. I'm not too concerned because we're going to just keep on bringing out the content. But to make it super easy for you guys, we're gonna, we have the link in the show notes. So to subscribe to the YouTube channel, just go to the link in the show notes and it'll take you right there. You can search it through my name, Lance W. Isios or University of Adversity, but we just wanna make it easy for you. I don't wanna confuse anybody. In the show notes, YouTube, you can subscribe there. Also, if you prefer the audio version, Apple, you guys know the drill, hit the subscribe button. And if you guys can leave a review, it's greatly appreciated as well. So. Without further ado, enjoy the episode, Jackie Carr. And we're live. How are you doing, Jackie? <laughs> hey, Lance. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I, um, I wanted to hit that record button before all the juice comes out. 
before we start having a big conversation here. So you got your hat on as what we call them toques here. You got a little bit of a winter wonderland in Colorado. What's going on up there or down oh, there? Yeah. It's right in the smack dab of September, <laughs> summer, and we have four inches of snow. Yeah. It is insane. We had a 60 degree drop overnight. Yeah. And so, you know, earth is showing us what's up and we're rolling with it. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Like I saw that, I saw some people posting that. I was like, what is that actually, is that actually happening right now? I mean, it that doesn't surprise me though. It doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. Colorado, you know, you prepare for all seasons, all days here to be real. Yeah. You got to, I, I had my kid at school in like Adidas. I was like, okay, where are her snow boots? I had no idea where anything was. I'm like a rookie all over again. Uh, yeah. Cause you, you grew up in Texas, right? And you lived all over the place. Yes. I, I mean, honestly, Lance, I've only lived in big cities until mm. this small mountain town I'm in. I've lived, I grew up in Houston and then I lived in um, LA, Chicago and Denver in between. So I hit some big cities before I moved into the trees. What was it like growing up in Houston? Oh my God. It was so hot. Yeah. So Texas is an interesting land. Have you I've been? Heard, I've heard it's like, there's people moving there all like Joe Rogan moved there. There's a whole bunch of other people that are moving to like Austin or like, well, yeah, Austin's cool. But I've never been to Texas. I hear it's just like, it's crazy there. Like there's it's so much so going weird. on. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Houston is the fourth largest city in the U.S. So yeah. ginormous, a lot of oil money there. Um, so you've got that Texas pride. You know, everybody has the bumper sticker. Everything's bigger in Texas. So you do grow up in an ego bubble. You're like birthed into one. So you got to check mm. it often once you leave. And <sighs> it's an interesting state if you travel across it too. Austin's super chill pretty liberal and progressive Houston's in between, but then you had Northern Texas, you know, you've got ranches and people in smaller towns. And then you've got this crazy town called Marfa, which has like, it's in the middle of nowhere. And there's a Prada and all these crazy designer stores there. Texas is super weird. I loved growing up there. Super um, family values. My my parents are from the Midwest, so that's ingrained in them. But Southern hospitality is real. Um, however, I don't need to go back. I left when I was eighteen, and that was it for me. I um, it's funny because growing up, I remember watching Varsity Blues. I think that was oh, in yeah, Texas, yeah. right? And mm -hmm. there's just, you're right. It's like I didn't realize how how different different the different spots of Texas are. Like, yeah. I just feel like everyone tells me a different story. I'm like, what? Because <laughs> I've never been there. It just seems like it's the same, right? You see a, a state, you think, oh, it's got to be all the same. And it's, no. it's totally different than that. Well, it's ginormous. And it's yeah, weird. that's true. You know, I rarely, I had a friend from high school. He reached out. He's like, you never talk about Texas. And I, I guess I've so far removed myself from really identifying with Texas, you know, living in LA, I did do a, a minute in Australia and then Chicago. Yeah. And um, I did travel to Canada quite a bit. So I think once you start to get some other geography under your belt, you find, I, I do think I'm changed by my geography. I move on purpose, by the way, Lance. I, mm. I um, find where I live does very much influence my well-being and what I do and how I feel. 
And so, you know, living like in the middle of LA and then going to Chicago for 18 seconds, I only made it through one winter Mm. and then back to LA over here to Denver and now out in this mountain town of Evergreen. I have moved so much that Texas actually feels really far away. Mm. I loved my life there and I'm so happy I had the upbringing I did. And yet I don't associate it as much anymore. The cowboy hats and cowboy boots, any of that stuff, I don't own it. It's amazing how your environment can really influence you though. Like as it really changes you. I mean, you adapt into the different, I lived in Australia as well. I mean, I've lived all over the place also. And, you know, when you go somewhere that's a completely different place, like if you're used to the beach and then you're out of that environment, you go somewhere else, it's, it's, it's a shock to the system. Like there's a lot of change that needs to happen to adapt. And yeah. it's actually kind of fun to put yourself through that. So it sounds like you know, you've kind of done the different areas and, you know, now you're in the mountains, which is super cool. I mean, it's, there's, there's yeah. like a, there's a vibe in the mountains. There's, you know, being out in nature, it's amazing. I really needed uh, the rocks, if you yeah. will. I'm close to Rocky Mountain National Park. I'm in the Rockies, if you will. And I lived, um, you know, on the Pacific Ocean for most of my time in LA, that flow, that water, that salt, that detox. And when I moved here, I embraced a quiet I've never really experienced before. Mm-hmm. Like even going to sleep at night was weird. Even in Denver, a bigger city, it was so quiet. And then hiking, there's a different vibration on the earth when you're standing on solid rock versus sand. And I, my whole being and my existence needed that stability. I think my 20s was very erratic, Mm. which was great. I think most people listening are nodding that their 20s was a shit show as well. And... (laughs) <laughs> and uh, my 30s landed me here in Colorado, which I wanted. I envisioned this for a long time. And yeah, these Rocky Mountains provide like a foundation in myself that I really needed to hone. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And there's, it's, it's hard for me to think about somebody that hasn't been able to leave their environment to go to somewhere else to see what it's like, you know? Yeah. And especially if you live in like the prairies where things are just kind of, you know, cold. And I, my family's all from uh, Edmonton, Alberta. And it's, I've been. Kind of, it's kind of, yeah, yeah. It's not the most beautiful place. It's a great hockey town, but it's like some people have, like my mom hasn't really got to see a lot of other places. So it's like, I can't imagine that, you know, it's like it, each place just gives you this different perspective. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's, and it's really, you know, kind of you kind of get that that feeling of like what you start to enjoy and what what you appreciate more you know like when you're in the mountains you may appreciate the beach more because you don't have it as much and vice versa right and a lot of people if you don't get that sort of well-rounded experience you don't really have that perspective you know i agree travel is a straight up education in itself Right. You know, we sit in schools in this, you know, an older style, not Zoom right now, but we sit in schools and we read about places and we learn. But I really feel my husband and I were talking about this recently. Like there's only so much you can experience in written word. There's actually so many textures and layers when you actually do go somewhere different. And listen, this can be like a city over, right? Like I can drive to 
a city in Northern Colorado or Southern Colorado and have a different experience than I do here. And then I can pop one state up in the U S and feel really different. Or we just drove to the Midwest and went through so many variations of existence, if you will, cornfields into the big city, into the suburbs. Right. And so I find that travel is really interesting because so much conversation and um, even the way people live with whether you're living on a farm or a city, very different lifestyles. And I think being exposed to that is important. And I don't know what that will look like in the future. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, even just when you go travel to Europe or Asia, there's a lot of shit you got to go through to deal with the different little, the different things. We get so used to our comforts and then you go and these other, these things are taken away. Things are done differently. It's, it's just, it's a challenge in itself. And that gives you that, that feeling of really appreciating where you're from even more. But then you also yeah. learn to adapt and realize like how, I don't know, we get so used to our environment and how easy it is. And we expect other people to be the same in their countries. Like, you know, when I go to yeah. Europe, I went, I've been to France and I, it's, there's, it's a pain in the ass sometimes because you just want it to be the way it is back home. But that is such a growth. That is such a, a, a key factor in kind of like expanding your mind as to like how different it is everywhere else. Right. And yeah. it just means you appreciate things more. And actually when you fit, like even with challenges and I mean, the topic of the show adversity, it's like the more you can see that and experience these things, the better it's going to be when you experience that in your own environment, you know, in the comforts of your own environment. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's interesting when you go to different places. It, yeah. It's interesting to, yes, see the differences, but also see how similar we are, yeah, no matter true. where you are. Like mm-hmm. before I had, well, actually a month before I got married, before I had children, I traveled to Africa and it was so cool to be in conversation with women who were working to create schools and new structures for their children to learn in and environments that feel safe. And I was like, yeah, me too. It was so cool to be in connection and we were sitting at a table i love this this memory and this sweet gentleman we were talking vision and goals actually Mm. and he goes you know what jackie you're my sister and i'm your brother and i was like yeah he's like did you know that i was like i do now and it was cool to go somewhere you've never been yeah in an experience you've never been on and in an environment that looks totally different from yours and feel a familial connection. And so I love that piece of travel mm. as well, that we are all interconnected totally. and that, you know, my smile matters in that moment, my sadness, my hurt, my pain. So I do think as we have experienced such a trauma this year with COVID and being pushed into our homes as humans that are wired for connection. It's been a hard year for those that perhaps haven't navigated a massive change or trauma before. And for those that have, this is another one. And yet to know that we are all connected and in this and exploring this in different ways, yet the same. Mm, Yeah, completely agree. Well, for you personally, how has it been the last six months? Like, I know it's been a roller coaster ride of emotions for all of us, but I just, I really, 
it, it intrigues me because some people it hasn't affected that much. Some people it has, and and it's really fascinating to see hear the different perspectives on this. So, I mean, yeah. how has it how has it been for you, and how are you doing now? I would say that 2020 has been a reckoning, and it has wrecked, and it has reckoned, mm. and I I would say I very much have felt this year, and what's been cool for me is honoring and allowing myself to feel sad, angry, rejected, but also answering those questions that come up with how do you want to be spending your time when you can't do it the way you were doing it. And so I love the language of reckoning because I've reckoning, I've reckoned with a lot of parts of myself that I like and that I don't like, Lance. You know, I really have been um, confronted with um, my, my role as a mother, my role as a partner to my husband. I've been confronted with who I am as a woman leader. I have masterminds and I speak, whether on stages or now on Zoom. And also in the space of our human rights movement that we're in, who am I unlearning and making mistakes and being imperfect and honoring being imperfect because that's human. And so 2020 for me has been, like you said, a roller coaster. I have great days and bad days. I definitely take a lot of CBD. I've had, so good. you know, more anxiety than I've probably ever felt before. And I know that's because we live in a society where information is readily available, literally at our fingertips in the box we call phones. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I binge or I overindulge or I want the answer now. And that's not what 2020 is about. 2020 is getting comfortable with being uncertain and finding what's true to you in the moment so you can create foundations that allow you solid ground. You, no one else is going to do it for you. And that news or that Instagram sure isn't either. And I felt I've really evolved while honoring those bigger emotions like anger and fear, while also celebrating the space where I do pause or allow it to be hard or some days easy when it's not for other people. And so it's really been this space of looking at how we want to be living day to day, how we want to be raising our children. And because I haven't really traveled, which is new for me, Lance, what do I want from my community? I've never really asked that. Mm. This little mountain town was an escape for me. I would drive down to Denver, drive to present and speak or fly, right? And I haven't flown anywhere since March. Yeah. And I've been in my town and I'm asking, what do I want this space to be for me? What do I want this space to be for my children? What do I want it to be for my neighbors? And how am I involved in that? Because we're here. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I knew my neighbors before. I've been knocking on doors. I'm like straight up Kramer from Seinfeld. I just show up. Amazing. I just show up. I'm here. Who oh, are I'm you? There. Oh, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'm the reckoning too. I come in and reckon with my people. See who's here. Hmm. So would you say that the isolation brought out that anxiety and that kind of stuff, like being home all the time and having to like always, like what was the thing that really made it challenging for you 
or was it, I mean, I know social media, that itself was its own animal, but yeah. I mean, some people, you know, are, are not used to being at home all the time. And it's like, they have to, they have to be on, they have to be a parent all the time. They don't get that escape. And then there's no time for them to really like process it. And, you know, I'm a single guy. So during, during quarantine, it was, it was quiet for me. You know, I just kept on interviewing people and doing my thing, but I, but I can imagine that being married and having kids, it was like, holy shit. Like that must've really been challenging because you're that being at home all the time is like, is, is, is not something that we all do. Like that, you know, families have the time to sort of do their thing and then come home. You know, what was that like? Like how, like what was really like, what, what was the most challenging part of all that? I mean, how much time do we have? Yeah. I would say (laughs) a couple things stick out. Mm. Number one is this wasn't the vision I envisioned Mm. as a parent. You know, I thought my kids would be in school or in day school. And so I had to reckon with like, I'm not really good at this yet. I'm not good at this. And it's, I, I feel somewhat of a tinge of guilt. It's like, oh God, I'm not good at being a mom where kids are around all the time. And yet that was the change we embraced. So beautifully, my partner and I had been decorating our house to love it already. So that was weird that we'd kind of been investing and loving our space, which we'd never really done. We'd never bought a new couch. Like everything's always been secondhand. We bought our first couch this year. So that was fun. And I will tell you, I'm in my she shed office. So this is my shed that my husband built me to have a place to go work. It's literally four steps from my back door. But Lance, I was working in the bedroom. My kids were around all the time. I can't do this podcast with a two-year-old and a four-year-old, you know, shitting and playing and doing all the things kids do, which I, listen, I adore my children. And yet the only example I've ever seen from my parents as well was we were straight up in daycare right away. It's what we knew. Both of my parents worked. And so that was part of what I would say now is a celebration on the other Mm. side, Lance, is the partnership and teamwork with my husband, Chris. I feel so empowered by our communication, even though it was not easy. So Chris has been literally hanging out with our kids all summer since March for them home while I continue my work. Chris put his business on hold while I continued mine. Right. And I think navigating to the pressure that put on him, the pressures it put on me, who we are in this together, how I support. Chris was like, where do I submit for a day off? I was like, oh my God, <laughs> great question. <laughs> like, I'm not even joking. Like he brought that to my attention a week ago. He's like, um, where do I put in a vacation request? And I was like, I'm going to need two weeks notice. Like it was hilarious. The kind of business of family and business of business we've totally. been running. Mm. And, and, you know, some of that was really hard and new and you don't know what to say. You don't know how to help. You don't know what to do. And, and even my business has pivoted. So mm-hmm to have creative brain space, to get online, to switch to Zoom, to create something new, to navigate these times, also means that I need creative space and time to do that. 
And yet I saw my sweet partner start to fade, you know, taking care of our children and keeping them engaged. They're very different learning stages. And then you couldn't go to the parks. And we were very much a no TV household. And we became a TV household. And so we started to really become people we didn't like. Like our kids in front of the screens all the time. Like there's just been a lot of like, how do we survive? Yeah. And to be honest, in the last month, our commitment to one another is every decision we make right now has our mental health first. And I don't know if we've ever approached life or our relationship that way. It's hard. I will tell you, we've cut out a lot of things, people, what is it? And and our children too, we ask them like, how's their mental health? What would make them happy, right? Our children are going through a trauma as well. And so that's been a huge aha is how are we putting our mental health first so we can make stable decisions so we can Mm. stay true to our values and our vision. So those have been in a roundabout way, the biggest challenges of having a family and a life that you have only really seen from your parents and then what you saw for yourself disrupted and asked to be resilient and show up and accommodate and be agile and graceful while also punching a pillow sometimes at night and knowing that's okay. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. It's, it's, it's so true. And that's such a great perspective that I haven't got yet on the show. You know, I've, you know, talked to a lot of people and that was just such an awesome because yeah, like, People don't realize if you don't have families, how challenging that is, but like, that's going to make you grow so much, right? Like there's so many things that got highlighted there that you have to, which is only going to make you better at your business too, right? True, and true, true, true. what I'm curious about is being a goal coach and I, I love goals and I love this whole conversation. How has that changed how you go about your strategy for goals? Like, Walk us through what do goals mean to you? And forgive me if you guess asked this a million times, but like, what does goal, what does goals mean to you? How do you set them? And how has that changed from pre COVID to now? Has it at all, or is it still the same principles? Okay. Great question. Because I had filmed a goals course and I want to say it was like January. I filmed it. And then I went to watch that same course in like May, once I had a minute to breathe. And Lance, all of those videos are trash because I've changed so much in my offering and my voice that I can't use any of those videos I pre-recorded. Yeah, I'd start over. I had to start over. That's what such you- an awesome thing to admit though, to be able to like yeah. understand that, like that a lot of people would not, they'd go, Oh, it's still the same. Still going to use it. That awareness is so key. Like, yeah, I, I mean, and I think a lot of us, which I hope we're doing are recognize, recognizing one, how much we've grown up, perhaps how much mm-hmm. we've changed, how resilient we are. I love, there's a book called the earth is hiring. And I haven't finished it. However, there's a piece in there that she mentions that we're born on this time on purpose. We're actually wired for this. Yeah. This mess 
we can handle. Our DNA is wired differently, say, than our parents or our grandparents, and we're meant for this. So let's go. And I love that. I was like, okay, okay. And my take on goal setting has changed ever so slightly in regarding the relationship with failure with goals. And I do feel a lot of us have been taught a very masculine way to goal setting. Now, Lance, I did not say male. Okay. Yeah, no. Masculine. Masculine energy. Oh, yeah. Masculine and feminine. Okay, cool. I got you. Myself included. Mm. And I am embracing more the feminine of goal setting, which is new to me. I think this has been my unraveling since having daughters and really turning 30 was a big turning point for me to soften, still softening. And I have found that goals in a traditional sense very much for a lot of people can be judgmental and fear-based or whimsical and we try to set goals in a society that values achievement when i want to set goals to evolve into the next iteration of self year over year and be open to receiving how I get there versus already knowing. That is the aha for me with COVID. We're never setting goals in times of certainty because there's no such thing. Change is our only constant. So what's beautiful is the feminine is receiving and downloading every day new information, new wisdom, new people in your life. Lance, it's our first time meeting, who knows? What goals will come to fruition from this conversation totally. that would not have happened yesterday had we not met? Totally. And so I find a lot of people don't set goals because they don't have the answers right away. And my new perspective on goal setting is set goals that you don't have the answers for so that you live into them versus forcing them or gripping the answers the only way you know how from today where you'll be different tomorrow. Yeah, so true. So give us an example, like, because, okay, I've, you know, I've done goals so many times, like financial goals, like, you know, this amount by this time. And I feel like it's that, it's that disappointment or something that if you don't achieve it or you don't you some people don't set them high enough because if you set them low, then it's achievable. But then if you set you, you know, we've been taught to set it like crazy goals so that it's like your body has to, like you have to rise to that. Like Grant Cardone, people like that is like make crazy ass goals because it forces you to grow. But then I don't know. There's just like, there's so much information and then you talk about intentions versus goals and you know what's what's the difference between those two and i would love to just hear maybe just walk us through an example of a goal you would set for yourself like in your business like how would you word it how would you talk to yourself and like how would you even set that up okay so a goal i'm working on so you when you talk about a goal you can be in a goal i'm mm-hmm. in a goal right now And my goal from, actually this was created before COVID, but perfectly timed, is I wanna launch an online goal school. This would be a location online, location, it is, 
where you go and you can sign up for a course on values. You can sign up for a course on goal setting 101. You can learn what legacy is and you can take a deeper course on how to get your goals alive, right? And so if I have this vision, right, we start with a vision. A vision is a snapshot in the future, a dream, if you will, that allows you to ask what you desire, what you want. And you can, of course, keep things somewhat the same or ask what you would like different. I think a lot of people, when they vision, they want everything to change. But I don't, I don't want everything to change. I really like Chris, my partner. I would like him to stay in my vision. And I really like my house in Colorado. I would love to stay here in these cute trees. And I think sometimes people get wrapped up on everything being these monumental changes. But yeah. my vision can be what I feel and get excited about for goal school. You can vision one goal. So if this goal, excuse me, when this goal school launches by December 2020, mm-hmm. the fullness of the programs, it will have one free video, free offering, two mini courses, um, an intro course, and a larger course. So that's how I've dreamed it. And when you start to work backwards from, from say December, it's like, what's needed next. And you can start to explore, well, I need a video editor. I'm not very techie Lance. So this is nice to meet ourselves in the moment. I am not about to learn how to edit videos. Like, yeah, Yeah. I just, uh, you know, no. And this could be, of course, (laughs) hiring someone and rolling a friend, or of course, some of you might be learning video. Um, I have a lot of great friends, so thank God I'm, I'm cordial with people so I can ask for help, which I believe in. We're wired for connection. Let's do this. And so you have this vision. I launch a goal school by December, 2020 and people come and they like that the language is relatable and they like that it allows you to set goals your own way, not one way. And you can even envision a testimonial. Someone says to me, wow, Jackie, thank you for creating this. I've always felt really intimidated by goal setting because I've failed many goals before. And this allows me a new approach that I've never tried before. That would be a great testimonial for me. Yeah. And that's what I vision. That's what I dream when I'm creating it. Mm. So we vision Lance though to remove constraints of the now. So a lot of us will set goals in reaction to the now. There's Mm. some great things that have happened because we're reactive or angry. Do not get me wrong. However, I have found energetically for me, setting goals in a place of possibility invites possibility in the beginning. It does allow me, like you've said, to dream bigger, where reactivity for me oftentimes creates more of the same. I'm setting goals from the past versus the future. So hold on a second. We're going to vision and then you trickle back. I am by when I hire a video editor by September 1st, 2020 to come video my goal, my, my goals workshops. Well, Lance, guess what? If I'm spending money on an editor, I better have a script written. I better have my courses ready. So by August 1st, 2020, my scripts for my videos are written and my workshop, my worksheets are complete. So then when that videographer shows up, 
I have completed that goal. So I'm prepared for the video recording to start. And then I'm a party person, Lance. If I complete a course, I'm going to have a party. Lance, you're invited. I have created my intro to goal setting course. It's called Goal Starter. It launches this month. You can come virtually. I'm having a meetup in the park where people can sit in a circle. I'm doing it with another friend who launched a course as well. Because you know what? COVID has felt some days like walking through mud. And I'm Mm. so proud of myself for creating in the mud. For sure. And so let's have a party. Let's have a couple people, COVID friendly, in the park to cheers and say, we did it. And so when's my party? I host a launch party by September 19th, 2020. This is where I find the goals Uh, make the vision feel real. So I trickle mm. back. I ask, what's next? What's needed for that to be possible? What do I need to do today? And this is where I find goals become alive. I want you to know I don't have every day planned out. I am not that human. I love Virgos or type A people that have every day planned out. I think that's a style, but that's not me. You have to honor your personality. If I have every day planned out, Lance, I get crazy. I get weird. This wrinkle in between my forehead gets real deep and I, and I don't flow. So I have to look at my goals like seasonally. If I'm looking every day, I'm, I'm dying a little every day. Oh, I love that. <laughs> And just so you, just so you know, I'm Virgo and I don't plan things out. I'm not like people say Virgo like has everything planned. I'm like, well, I'm not that, that Virgo. That's for sure. You're not that Virgo. See, you're your own style of Virgo. I'm my own Virgo. With your moon. Here, here's what I I find really interesting is how we want to have control of everything. It's like, you got to, and how it's like, that's been, I think a lot of people's problems as well with like manifesting or creating anything. It's like, we need to know the how we need to know everything. How, how is that going to happen? Like, and there's that sense of surrender. It's like, just, just let it flow. Honestly. Like, I mean, you can't control everything. And I've done that before too. And I, it's crazy how the things that I've, like, I dream big too. I've written out stuff over and over again, visualize it. And when I let go of it, it's like they, these pieces come together and you're like, wow, that's really interesting how that happened. I it's know. because I totally forgot about it. Like, it's like I put it out there and that's it. And, but we're so used to wanting to the control every piece of it because it's got to make sense in our brains every little bit, right? And it's like you're, yeah. almost, you're almost screwing yourself in a way as well. Almost. You definitely you, are. You do, right? It's like you, you, you really need to have that. That, that full-fledged intention and plan, visualize, but then just let it figure itself out. But you got to do the work too, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. I, I want to give your listeners a reprieve because I know, I know someone's about to stop and be like, I'm done. Because the ability to let go and let flow, as you speak about, is very, very, very difficult for humans. Totally. Humans love categorization humans love to put people in a box and keep them in that box forever, even though we're always, always, always changing. Mm. There's a beautiful book around this called Living Beautifully with Uncertainty and Change by Pema Children. And she talks about fixed identities. Humans love fixed identities. We love knowing who we are. I love knowing who you are. It's funny looking at you in a Zoom box while talking about this. I always find that (laughs) ironic. But it's crazy. um, Yeah, we love to like feel a semblance of control. And when you say like, yeah, when I just 
if I just let it flow, I can feel my asshole clenching because I hate it. Lance, I hate it. This is my unraveling is let it flow. Mm. I, I love validation. So much of moving from 20s to my 30s was learning how to validate my own self versus continuously seeking it in others. That's a tricky life with goal setting because then you're setting goals for other people all your days, okay? Mm. And the other piece of that, my teacher put on an index card, what am I open to receiving today? And that's what I was meant to read every morning. This is like age 25 maybe 25. I still have that index card with that shitty tape on it. And what I've learned is that when I was trying to force things to fit into boxes or control, it was more of the same I was creating. When I was open to receiving was when I was open to changing. And that I think has been what I've learned in goal setting is rarely, oh, Lance, rarely do my goals ever happen on the date I put on them. I set goals in the affirmative present tense. I am with a date on them. So um, I am a published author by August, 2023, right? Do you know what August, 2023 is? It's a guess. It's a straight up guess. And so many people are like, oh, I'm not going to put a date on it. Too much pressure, too much pressure. I'm like, it's just a guess. Mm -hmm. And you can move that date whenever you want. You can fail that date. Most of us forget that our biggest learnings are from when we fail. Do you remember learning how to walk? Remember when you got up that one time when you were like 13 months, maybe a little early, 11 months, and you got up and you fell right back down? We had to learn how to walk a hundred times when we were younger. And we forget that we don't just come out of the womb walking. Yeah. It's our like my first I love that experience of failure, failure, failure. Get back up again. If you want to walk, try again. Try again. Try again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's failure is just feedback. Yes. You know, like it's yeah, it's it's such an interesting thing trying to because I've also heard that so you know, I read two obviously think and grow rich was a big book for me when I first got into all this stuff. It was like a goal setting. Obviously it's, I know it's a very masculine book as well. It is. It's like, and it's, um, you know, by putting the date and all that being exact, that was one version. But then I also have heard you don't have to put the date because you can actually achieve it a lot faster than we think. So we almost, it's almost like we think five years, but we can also achieve it a lot, a lot sooner. So that's interesting too. And like, that's like, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza and there's a book that was called a happy pocket full of money. That was a really interesting book, kind of like think and grow rich, but a different, it was more, it was, there was, there was more to it about meditation and gratitude and like the difference on like how you can bring things into your life faster. And that's interesting, right? Like what, what are your thoughts on, on that as far as, you know, if you're putting yourself in that position of already having the thing and you do that and you get really good at visualizing, like why can't we have it sooner than we think, you know? Like what are your thoughts on that? 
Okay. Did you just watch <laughs> that Law of Attraction video that was trending with Joe no. Dispenza? No. Okay. Well, it's similar to I, what you're saying. I, I, I'm like, obsessed with Joe Dispenza, though. Yeah. And Bruce Lipton. Love it. So I have many thoughts. Listen, one, I don't want to throw away the masculine side of myself. I love that side of myself. Yeah. I love that I love numbers, that I love dates. I love that I use that logical side. We have the left and right brain, mm. and we have the duality of masculine and feminine within us all, yeah. okay? So what I'm working on is how the masculine and feminine actually work together. Yeah. So when I set it and I add a date, but the feminine is the open to receiving, great if it happens earlier. The mm. feminine is what is the feeling? right? The feminine is looking at how this has an effect on the whole, the why, right? The connection deeper, right? The feminine divine is all about um, sustainability, living. And sometimes if you masculine your goals, it's like, I'll do this or else. Yeah. So I'm looking to soften <laughs> yeah. and look at how the masculine and feminine can work together. Looking at how the weaves in, interweb versus keeping them separate or one way or the other. And here's my only note. Oh my God, I cannot wait to hear what all y'all think. So with Joe Dispenza's, Dispenza's law of attraction, similar to what you just said of like, if we can think it and feel it, why can't it happen earlier? But my but with that is like, we set goals in the present moment, if possible, right? You got to get present or you're setting goals from the past, like I said, or you're future tripping, which is a whole nother ball game. And when you're in the present moment, you and I are a certain age. We have certain people in our life. We have a certain um, understanding of our emotions and our feelings. I'm not the same person I was in March. I have not been through a global pandemic. I had not experienced a human rights movement in my lifetime, like we're in, and one that I remember, at least. I know there was one when I was younger, but I wasn't as aware as I am now. And so when I set goals, what I'm clear on is I'm not my goals yet. I am not that person who is that goal right now. And when when Dr. Joe Dispenza was like, feel it and be it. I'm like, well, my vision to be an author is in two years. Who will I be in two years? Or perhaps like you said, one year, I will be a different feeling person at that time. My kids will be older. Um, perhaps I've traveled more like you and I have talked about and expanded my view. And so I don't feel that I will feel the same in a year when that goal is accomplished than if I were to accomplish it today. So I have a hard time with that law of attraction, like be it now. That's where I find people's trip out on goals and vision because it's judging you to rush your experience. Be a beginner in your goals or you're going to miss it. You're only a beginner one time as a writer. Remember when you started your podcast? Remember yeah. that first one? Remember? Yeah, it I was, remember. It, it was, was a mess. Not yours, mine. No, my yeah, mine. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> right. no, and I, now you have this like form, and I'm filling out all this stuff. And there's a Calendly. I know you didn't have Calendly when you started. And that's what's cool is like 
this is being human. This is grace in our experience so that yeah. it's electric and it surprises you. My goals and my vision, Lance, they take my breath away even when I fail them because that's the human experience. Yeah. I, the perfect example I have, I have shared this many times, so forgive me people, but when I wanted to run a half marathon in your hood in Vancouver, I emailed my family and I said, does anybody want to run this with me? Mom, dad, sisters, no one responded. Like it's crickets. So two weeks later, it's coming to the deadline. And I was like, cough. I write cough. Anyone there? Cricket. <laughs> right. And so like a day later, the person that I didn't think would run, run with me, my dad goes, I'll run it with you. My dad. So my dad's six. This was my dad turning 60 or he was just 60 at the time. And he'd never run like any races, Lance, zero races. And I was like, you know, my mom was like a personal trainer. My mom was my PE teacher growing up. My younger sisters, I was like, oh, someone will come with me. None of them came. So my dad and I start training, right? Uh, we got our plan. Dad starts running. He gets his new shoes, blah, blah, blah. I will tell you what. We flew to Vancouver. Me and dad run this race. And I promised I'd stay with dad to, to cross the finish line with him. And dad's a run walker, just so you know. Pretty fast, though. Like, pretty fast run and then a nice little walk. It's beautiful. We're running around, along the seawall. And I cross that finish line. And Lance, there is no way I could have envisioned that moment with my dad. I didn't know my dad would cry. I didn't know I would cry. I didn't know we'd feel so proud of ourselves. I didn't know we'd revel in the memories of pasta and wine before running the night before. I didn't know that we'd celebrate at a concert. And listen, that's where I don't believe you can feel the vision yet because you're not there yet. You're not that person who will experience it in that time in the future. And I love that mystery. That removes the semblance of control because you want to be awake and alive and wondering how it will feel when you cross the finish line with your dad. Like I have those pictures framed in my house. I think the pictures you frame in your house are a great indicator on how you're living, by the way. And it's so cool like to even share that with you because I can still feel it as a memory. And then I'm like, I want more of that. And you know, every year someone was jealous and they joined. My mom and Chris ran the next year. One of the sisters joined in Vegas the year after and a new goal emerged. We started family half marathons every year that we would travel to together because my dad said yes. I could have never written that goal. I could have never written and felt that vision until I did it. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I can definitely see where you're coming from. It's like, but there's also not getting too wrapped up on what getting the exact goal that it is either. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. like being able to, because then you can turn a negative, a positive into a negative because if you're so worried that that goal has to be exactly the way you thought about it, and it doesn't happen, then you're not gonna you're gonna miss the opportunity when something else comes because that very well goal that you've been thinking about was only there so that it would bring you to that moment where you needed to pivot. And that's where that's the surrender and that's being able to accept that sometimes 
you're getting the nudge and you got to take the nudge and it's not going to, it's going to take you somewhere better than you even thought. Cause I know I've yeah. experienced that. I'm like, it needs to, it, it's got to be like this. And I've thought about it, but then if that came true, I would have never got to have the thing that actually happened. So that being able to like that surrendering feeling is like to be able to not get too married to your, like to your goals be, you know, that it's more like the intention you have the intention, but like you're able to pivot instead of some people like, no, it's got to be exactly like this. If it doesn't, I'm not doing it. And then it turns into a negative experience and then it becomes a lack of gratitude and gratitude is the ultimate level that you want to be at. Right. For, so that's what I do is I've been working on it is like really just being, putting myself in the position of having the thing but the feeling that I feel like when I have it, I don't care about yeah. the thing. I want to know how I feel in that moment because that I don't really give a shit because the thing isn't what's giving me what I want. It's the feeling that I'm going to have when I get the thing and what it's going to allow me to do. And, and that's what I try and put myself into. It's like, I don't care all the stuff in the world you can buy. It's not going to bring you the, the thing. It's, it's, well, what about, it's oh, the ahead. journey. It's the, no, no, yeah. No, it's like that feeling of like the achievement and, and going through the shit and getting there and being like, ah, that's what it was. It's not the actual yeah. thing. It's never, ever, ever about the goal. Yeah. <laughs> it's who you become along yeah. the way. Yeah. And that is the secret sauce to goal setting. Totally, who you become yeah. is someone that might delete a goal, might fail a goal and say, oh, that wasn't meant, that's the surrender. I'm gonna gift you, I hope you see it as a gift, it was a gift for me. Language that's really supported me in goal setting is the inquiry when I do an audit of my goals, right? A lot of people ask me like, Jackie, as a goals coach, how often do you look at your goals? I'm like, seasonally, right? Like, I don't look at my goals until we're in a whole new season because like, I get grippy. And they're like, wow, that much time? And I'm like, yeah, because I don't have that many goals anymore, by the way, Lance. I used to set 20. Now I set like three. Okay. 20, I, I, daily or big, big, like big ones or, or, or daily ones or weekly ones or what? I don't, I don't believe the language for me. Daily goals doesn't work for me. That's okay. a to-do list, right? Mm. Or habits, which a great book, by the way, is Atomic Habits Yeah. by James Clear. I do love that book. And a lot of people thought I wouldn't, but I do because it's all about setting the goal. What are you up to each day habit wise and why and knowing your why. Okay. So here's the thing with the why this is the language. Here's the gift. I asked myself in the audit, am I committed or attached? Am I committed to this goal or am I attached? The commitment allows me the intentionality, the connection to my why, the openness to learning. Oh, you're snapping you like that. Okay. Yeah. The attachment <laughs> is outcome based, which James talks about in the book. Like the outcome is like that achiever, that worth, that judgmental side. That's like, do this or else. That attachment for me in most of my life had me miss what I was actually supposed to be seeing, feeling, experiencing because I only had my eye on the prize. I didn't have my eye on the emotion or the day or the who that I hadn't met yet. The journey. Do you want, oh, I know. My friend literally said today that I have to go on a word diet of the word journey because I say it so much. Oh, so I'm so it. happy you keep saying it because I love it. the goals are a journey. Yeah. I liken it to hiking. It's like yeah. you never have an elevator or straight path. You got to go up and down and around and maybe there's a snake. Maybe there's lightning. Let's do this. 
Well, exactly. And when I, this goes back to traveling, like we talked about, it's like, when I think about traveling, the stories that I think about are those is the, along the way, some of the pain in the ass moments that I face that actually I look back and go, wow, I learned a lot from that. Like it's, it's the getting there. It's the going on the trains. It's the lack of sleep. It's like the lack of food. And it's, it's, it's really the, 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 the conditioning and, and the learning about yourself is what you remember and you can help other people with and teach other people with. And of course, getting to a place and all that and experiencing it about traveling is great. But there's also a thing that when I first started, I didn't realize that it's the journey to the destination that is what's going to show what you're made of. And it's going to bring out a lot of your weaknesses. If you travel with in a relationship and and you can, you got to stay on trains, you got to like, like you, end up telling each other to fuck off really quick if like you know what i mean like it's it really you better forgive a lot faster it really tests your ability and brings your a lot of your weaknesses to the light and that itself is just like yeah i mean that's the that's that's really what we want that's really what we're going to grow from when you look back and go what did i actually get out of that you know and yeah yeah it's uh powerful to think about it like that. I agree. There's a layer to, um, I've really been honing in on, especially like really learning about, um, white privilege, privilege in general classes, things like that in America, specifically for me, Lance, as I research right now, there's this understanding of really being clear on knowing what is possible, like the language possible in itself is kind of trippy because, and this is why I love visioning. If you don't allow yourself to dream, if you don't allow yourself to go far enough in the future where you remove the constraints of the now, then, then we will be creating more of the same. And this notion of visioning as a tool, not as woo woo, even though I have like, you know, eight vision boards, the ability. I love woo woo. I don't care. I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. I believe the woo-woo continues to become mainstream. Yeah. So whatever you're doing, whatever you believe, whatever you believe you is, is the, I believe is the truth these days when it comes to stuff. Like if you don't believe it, well, that's good. Then you're not going to, it's not going to happen for you. Like why not? (laughs) Right. And so this, this, this tool of, what do you want the world to look like? And specifically for me right now is what do I want my community to look like? And how are my goals and my purpose and my unique gifts in service to my community? So I'm in this deep inquiry right now, Lance, of like I was saying, like privilege in the wellness world can be somewhat self-centric, which I think is necessary. I think it's necessary to take a good look at yourself and your own personal responsibility and agency in your life. And the layer I'm really asking myself, especially as I've talked to you earlier about my family and meeting my neighbors is we're in this together, but how are we together if we don't know each other? How am I together in my community if I don't know the parents that my kids are going to school with? Like I'm really interested in getting to know this community I'm in and how I serve it. And of course, in effect, 
how it serves me and my children, the trees. And I'm, what I mean by community is people, trees, mountains, mountain lions, bears, elk. We're all in this ecosystem, right? And I feel that layer is so interesting with another question I ask myself of how am I being of service? And I don't, you don't have to go like super nonprofit. You can if you want, but service can be like checking in on your neighbor. How are you? Saying hello when you walk by them. Or we pick up trash, but I'm not going to brag. It's a block. I got a two and a four-year-old. We make it a block, sometimes half a block. And that's what we do right now. And I want my goal-setting practice to, yes, service myself and the person I'm becoming. But I also want to look at how that is having a contribution and an impact to my community. And then, of course, the larger community in the globe. Well said. Love isn't it. That, I mean, I isn't that interesting? It. I'm really, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I know I've blabbered a bit I about love it. it as it's new, You're a great but... speaker. I love it. I love it. It's, oh, it's all gold. It's great. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, getting curious. All working you gotta get it. curious about, about everything curious. And, and really, you know, that's one thing I just went off in my head is like, I don't get to know my neighbors enough and, and I, I almost need to care more, you know, but I, I live in like a condo, but still like, you know, how much effort would it take to just be like, Hey, knock on the door. Hey, I live next door. I just moved here, <laughs> you know, but yes. you know, we don't do that. Especially yeah. now, I guess it's a bit different because of COVID. Oh, don't talk to me. Uh, everybody's weird now, but like, you're, you're right. I think that effort is really important and for support for everybody and to know that like, it's nice to know somebody's there and cares, you know? It's so nice. Not enough you people share do it. perhaps a wall or like a very close proximity to someone, right? Yeah. I share very close. I, there's a ravine here, but on the other side of me, I share a fence with my neighbor. Mm. And I love that my neighbor, Dave, he's a ukulele and piano teacher, 70 something. Amazing. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> He'll text us when there's a bear. He's like, hey, hey, there's a bear out there. And I just, I love that we have awesome. a neighbor looking out for us and I will clean up the trash for them. And my other neighbor up here has solar panels and my other neighbor down here just moved in and we, we keep missing each other for coffee. But I guess the other thing is like, what if something happened? What if one of my kids escaped this house? That is not uncharted territory. Some parents are like, whoa, get a gate up. Listen, my two-year-old's real slippery girl is crazy if she's walking around i would like my neighbor to say nora come here for a second let me call your mom we i i feel we don't look out for each other as That's much so anymore true. i look out for my mom and my dad but they're in texas what if something happens to them who do i call that lives nearby that's 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 i think what's made covid and solitude so hard is because we don't have a neighbor and we're zooming and calling everybody but Lance, I'm so sick of screens. I love seeing you on I here, know. by the way. It's lovely. I'm so yeah, grateful. You too. You too. But I'm so sick of screens. I so I got. I'm trying to figure something else out. Ah, <sighs> yeah. We've been we've been lucky here in Vancouver. You know, it hasn't been as much lockdown. You know, yeah. we've been able to socialize. You know, smartly. You know, with groups and just small, yeah. smaller groups. But I'm grateful for that because you're right. Like some people haven't been able to do that, and I'm like, oh shit. Like we have, and you know, some more than others, but for me, I, you know, I value that, 
the in-person yeah. like hey how's it going you know human hi human you know like <laughs> oh my god like it is so important yeah. people can't see me smile i'm like trying to smile with my eyes well and you have an, a mask you would have an energy like this is great and everything but like you have an energy in person that this is why one day like i've i've talked about this millions of times i want to have an in-person show like i want to have that like feeding off each other's in-person energy you know there's like a certain dynamic of like you know it's it's and meeting with people and we all have energy we all feed off each other and i think it's like a really nice thing you know getting together for dinners and in social times and that and yeah i think um such as such a simple thing like human interaction something we took for such such for granted for so long is now like a thing the simplest thing is what we miss you know oh, i know isn't that crazy oh yeah glennon doyle posted the other day her daughter was like you have told me to stay off screens my whole life. And now I have to sit on a screen and learn all day. And I'm like, yeah, that is a, that is a toss up. <laughs> right. And we've, we in the U S have dealt with it in such different ways. They've called it really a patchwork pandemic here. That's from an article I read in the Atlantic because every state is experiencing it on such a different level, depending on leadership in their state. And of course, air quote leadership from our country and that's been hard too when my friends in LA are straight up on lockdown and I still in Colorado can gather with less than 10 people Same. and mask and so it really is interesting when my best friend's like oh man I get really triggered when I see you with people without a mask on I'm like I'm sure because in LA you can't go anywhere. Places are boarded up. It's still very, um, it's still a very different environment than where we are. Mm. And so it's like, oh my God, how do they not have a mask on? Oh, right. She's in Colorado. Like that's right. weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, same with here. I mean, we don't have to. Certain places, like you go into a mall, certain stores are like, can't come in with a mask. I go, I don't have one. I'm not coming in. Like certain places, restaurants, you don't. It's, I don't know. I don't, I don't even, it's... <laughs> crazy there's no standard everywhere anywhere everyone everybody's saying different shit it's crazy but i know it is I what know. it is you know i don't know it's uh yeah. well i guess we'll see how it all turns out in the next six months uh would they just pretty much shut they started to shut down nightclubs and bars after nine or ten now and it's just slowly going back who knows what's going to happen you know but don't we know. don't know not the thing though you yeah. still though gotta live so yeah you know, Lance, like, who can you have over? Or uh, Oprah records her podcast outside. Yeah. So can you meet someone in a park? You know, if you want to do in person, do it. See what happens. Yeah, well, eventually, but there's not enough people. Like, it's, I, I'm so blessed to be able to do this remotely, too. Like, I can connect with people that are all over the world. It's insane. No, it's cool. I would have loved to fly in. So yeah. next time, let that's, me know. That's, that's the big goals. That's, that's the goals we're setting, so... I love where, it. Where where can we find you if people want to work with you? They want to learn more about you. What's the best place to check you out? Yeah, so it's my name everywhere, Jackie Carr. So J C K I C A R R dot com at Jackie Carr on Instagram. I would say those are the two best ways. Pop on my newsletter. A bunch of the online courses are starting to literally drop this month, and there's a free course called Legacy Designer. If you want to check out some of the language can send you a link to it, Lance, to put in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah, we'll have everything in the show notes. Um, 
this was this was awesome. I had a great time talking with you. Like, yeah, I have had a great time was, with you as well. I um, I really love your perspective and your energy is 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 amazing. So I highly encourage people to work with you because this is this is awesome. And yeah, it's interesting to see like w- what comes out of this and you know what you can create. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, we have the ripple now. We're in connection. Let's see Absolutely. how we continue to cross paths on our journeys. For sure. To wrap up one question here, I know we've gone 10 minutes over. Sorry if you're in a rush. You're okay. Okay. I would have told you. <laughs> You'd be like, hey, I got to go. Hey, I got to go. I was like, no, I was I'm watching the clock. I was like, oh shit, we got to wrap this up soon. Um, out of all the, the challenges you had growing up as a teenager, as a mom, whatever, what is one lesson that adversity has taught you? Mm. Okay, one second. I know you probably sent me this to think about, but no, I like being this is, this, oh, okay. This is, this okay, is good. One, this is one that I don't send. I just like. Oh, I'm, oh good. I'm like, oh my God, I missed homework. No, no. Okay, what has adversity taught me? This yeah. is going to be a quote that we always give everybody when we send you the content. There'll be like a quote that you say, and that's what we like to do. So. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I was going to answer with a quote and I'll riff on it. You know, adversity has really taught me that my weirdness and my peculiarities and my uniqueness is deeply connected to my imperfections. And my imperfections are what make me lovable. Anadea Judith has a quote that if everyone were perfect, there would be no need for love. And so my adversities, my failures, my challenges have really taught me that being imperfect is being human and being human is belonging. Mm. And so when I can belong to my imperfections, I can belong anywhere. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. Jackie Carr, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I had so much fun recording it. You know, conversations like that, I really makes me want to have a longer format show. I know we could talk for longer, but just being audio and and being online, I try not to go too much longer than that. You know, 90 minutes is kind of the max. I know we went about an hour and 10 minutes, but one day it's going to happen. I want to have a longer format like Joe Rogan where we can talk and I can just, you know, in person, as we discussed in this episode, where you can talk and like really talk for a few hours if if need be, right? Because I, I get connected with such amazing people and Jackie is one of them that, you know, we could just talk for hours and i feel like a lot of this stuff we discussed was super super valuable i got a lot of it i got out a lot of it as well and i'm sure you guys did too if you did however give value leave us a review on apple it's always appreciated um stay on top of it by subscribing it's all free and as i mentioned before if you want to check this out the video version is on youtube the best way to do that is click, just scroll down in the show notes, go to YouTube. We have the link that'll take you right there and you can subscribe, see the video version, see my funny face reactions that I do, that I've been told I do. (laughs) I know when I'm watching, when I'm doing YouTube, when I'm watching podcasts, I only watch YouTube now. Just because I like to cook dinner and I like to watch it. I still listen to them, but you know, I I enjoy the YouTube. So I like to see the facial interactions and, and the motions, the best way that we can through Zoom. So. Anyways, guys, I love you. I appreciate you. As always, have an amazing day. We'll catch you next time.